welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads, along with Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage. <clears throat> a lot going on. The Lions got their first win in 11 months. Uh, <laughs> baseball playoffs are literally underway as we are speaking. Uh, the NBA Finals kick off tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are your Stanley Cup champions for the first time uh, since Bill Davidson was the owner. Rest in peace. Uh, so we can start. Start, I guess, with our kitties who bested all of us in our predictions. It was none of us thought we were, they were winning this game with the way that Kyler Murray and that offense have been looking coming into week three. Uh, we all predicted much further down the line for the Lions to get their first win of the season. But for the first time since literally October 27th of last year against the New York football giants, the Detroit Lions have won a football game, Ryan. I, I don't want to talk yeah, about this. And like to to add um, insult to injury, I guess. <laughs> even though neither of those really uh, apply here, except maybe insult. It was probably Matt Patricia's best coach game besides the game against New England, because he made all the adjustments that one of the reasons Lions fans want him fired so bad is just the absolute stubbornness of his game plan and not changing anything at all. And they switched up the defense. They played way less man than they ever had before. They're able to get, uh, you know, some pressure on Kyler Murray. Uh, I know one of them resulted in his first interception where he got hit as he threw the ball sailed. The, the tight end tipped it up, and then we were able to uh, to get the pick for it. So I don't, I don't know because I've seen people be happy with it because the schedule does open up. The Lions' next opponents are combined like 6, six and 18 um, over like their last 24 games. So it's a lot of bad teams on the schedule. Besides the Saints next week, who I mean they might beat anyways, and um, yeah, it was a it was a good called game for Patricia. With that being said, like for the Lions to win that game, the Cardinals played you know a bad game, probably like their their C minus D plus game, and we only won by three. But I mean you're not going to get the other team on their A game every week, so I don't know how much you want to really put into that. But it was uh, it was a bad win, all things considered. Except it's your first win in eleven weeks, so they're all they're all gonna feel great. Uh, but you won the turnover battle, I think, by three, and you know they only won the won the game by three. So there's still a lot to improve on. But overall, I don't think Patricia did a bad job that game. It doesn't change like how I feel about him moving forward. But I mean, I'll give a little bit of credit where it's due. <laughs> AJ feeling so good at the end of last week. You know what? We're not going to talk about the Lions again until they win. Well, AJ, here you go. The very next week, the Lions get their first hey, win of the season. Hey, look, like, I'm always happy when they win, but and it's like I told you guys, I almost feel like they won just to shut me up because of how negative I've been because, <laughs> like, look, the, the reality is they won a football game. Congratulations. That's your job. Do your freaking job. But the other aspect of this is is if they go into this by 2-2, two and two, like, there's a very real chance that all this speculation of Patricia losing his job might be off the table because he can turn it around. And and we know that long-term, that's a horrible, horrible solution for this franchise. 
Because, uh, like, he's shown... AJ, he's shown fl- AJ, can hold I ask on, you a One question? second. He's shown flashes, right? Patriots, this game that Ryan's talking about making adjustments. I didn't watch a single snap of this game because y'all know my situation. I just don't watch the NFL, nor do I have the opportunity to watch it. But um, Matt Prater got me 14 points in fantasy football, so I was happy with that. But I still was abysmal this week. AJ, can I ask you a question? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your, <laughs> Sorry. Is your goal during the podcast every week to just hurt me as much as possible? No, but I just I, I bring up situations that are not outside the realm of possibility. I, can you like let me enjoy a few weeks of the football season? What are you enjoying? without talking? What's about there to Lawrence? enjoy? <laughs> without the possibility of maybe Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn well, coming back Paul, next year. Like, Paul, can let me let me ask you this impossible? question. Let me ask you this question. If you had a three-year plan starting next year with the Lions, what's your number one goal? Fire Bob Quinn. Okay. What's your number two goal? Fire Matt Patricia. I, it's up to the new GM. I don't. I don't know. No, come on. If you. Uh, no, but Paul only wants well, to see on. one of his it, three it, genie wishes. Yeah, like I, I only, I only need to fire Bob Quinn. Everything else falls into place because then I replace Bob Quinn with a competent but GM for, okay, who then forget, fires Matt Patricia. Okay, and then so, Aha, so that's two different so things. You said fire Bob Quinn. You didn't say replace him with someone who's competent. No, well that's number two. <laughs> so roll the dice. So again, listen, so so let's say <laughs> that is number. So two. you just kind of said it right. So everything falls into place. So if everything were to fall into place, goal two for you is firing Matt Patricia. What's goal three? Uh, depends on our record this year. If we have oh, a... stop qualifying it. Just speak your answer. I you know okay, what? Okay, draft Trevor Lawrence. Thank you. Draft Trevor that, Lawrence. You Boom, know that, you that's happy? exactly what I wanted you to say because I know that's what you mean. You always try to qualify it. The in order for those three things to happen, winning football games should not occur. So enjoy the win. Sure, it was fun, but if you want for the betterment of this AJ. franchise to move forward, then. Winning is not in their best interest. And that's coming from me who thinks you should win at all costs. I've said that a thousand times. I don't think we should win at all costs. I think we should tank at all costs. And the the saddest thing is, so Matt Patricia, the first time he's done anything competent, which honestly, I don't want to give him that much credit because this game was far more about Kyler Murray's incompetence than it was any competence by the Lions. I don't care what you think of either of those parties. Kyler Murray is because he never saw the Lions play so much. Zone. Kyler Murray like, and, and he was literally bad, they just threw a bunch of stuff. Literally that he hadn't seen. looked like a high school quarterback out there. It was disgusting how poorly he what played. What happens when you change up the scheme? True or false? The Lions have played more man defense over the last two years than any other NFL team. So Kyler Murray's never seen a zone in his life. It's not that he's he never seen no a zone. Idea it's like not a Matt Patricia yeah. zone. He, and he, I think they so, got like a, even so a little Kyler bit too Murray, confident because you heard what Cliff Kingsbury said leading up to the week. Like, oh, their defense looks the same. Kyler Murray. And Matt Patricia and other Kyler like Murray that. in that offense is so incompetent that if a team changes up the game plan on them, they are incapable of executing anything. I mean, you say the same thing about the Celtics I mean, they, when they faced they, the zone they executed, Miami. They didn't know what the heck to do. They executed this throw is it football. to DeAndre Hopkins. This is not basketball. Don't interject trash no, but I'm, NBA I, talking No, but I'm this. just saying, you know, you got a really good basketball team that all of a sudden looked really bad when the zone was thrown at them instead of man. Can't happen in it's football, not, too? Oh, my God, no. No? Just can't happen? No. No. Not – did you see that? Did you see the Lions attempted tackling on Kyler Murray's rushing touchdown? Oh, yeah. No, it cannot happen against that team. No, it is impossible to happen against that team unless you are utterly incompetent or your quarterback's a fucking trash can. By the way, quarterback 
that cost me twenty two hundred dollars. No, that is your own fault for betting anything about right. Bet on a don't bet on a quarterback you think is a trash can. And don't involve the Lions in any of your betting schemes. The Lions did not have to win or lose. It didn't matter. No, you bet all that had to happen. All that had to happen was Arizona had to score points on the worst defense in the NFL. That's all that had to happen. That's it. Not the worst defense on the I did. I did a very hard thing. I picked two outright underdog winners in a parlay. Yep. I was staring down, staring down (laughs) 11 to 1 odds in all that had to happen. All that had to happen was the Lions' defense. They didn't even have to be the normal Lions defense. If you're any, they didn't even have to be the normal Lions defense. With all that has to happen to the Lions, dot dot dot, you're an idiot. Just plain and simple. Don't involve the Detroit Lions in any betting. The Lions allowing a very talented offense to score a average amount of points should not be. It should be impossible for that not to happen. Yes, but if. If Arizona wins that game 49 to nothing, do you win your bet? No. So you needed the Lions to do some stuff too in your bet, which makes you an idiot because you needed the Lions to do something. And you hit the teaser. I did hit the teaser, which covered my losses. But, oh my God, man. I was so mad when the Packers won too because I wanted, I just wanted the bet to implode. But no, I hit both underdogs as outright winners. Like, because that's whatever. I hate this team so much. Well, the Packers they, being they, underdogs they in hurt, an empty dome. They, they hurt. They hurt their draft decision, draft pick. They hurt any chance of ever getting Trevor Lawrence. They build hope for literally no reason among all the idiots in this. I told you guys after I think it was after week one that we were going to end up falling into eight and eight. I think I told you guys that. Maybe it was yelling at my uncle. I don't even remember. I was like, this idiot team's still going to fall into eight and eight and be complete garbage can because they could because the schedule we play it. We play a trash schedule. We have a top three quarterback in the NFL. Like shit can happen. So. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Eh. I, I don't even want to talk about this game. Well, that's there was good, nothing. It was there's it was a horrible game to watch. And I'm glad you keep bringing up trash cans because oh hold on hold on hold on no no hold on hold on there is one thing no stop hold on one more thing I want to talk about how this team is so goddamn trash that even in winning they try to lose. You at the end of the game. At the end of the goddamn game, when you're driving to win, your quarterback drops a gorgeous 53-yard touchdown pass over two defenders, and you are so goddamn incompetent, it gets called back for a hold 20 yards away from the play by the guy that your stupid-ass GM just signed for $30 million this offseason that was never a starter. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I have no idea what you're 20, talking about. Throw a text of 20 M's on respect on Vitae's You name. can talk. Did he really get $50 million? I thought, yes, it, I thought it was 10 mil a season for three years. Five years. Jesus Christ. The only saving grace <laughs> is if he's as bad as he's been, it's easy to cut him. Like it, it's, We're not hung up in penalties forever. Oh, my God. I hate this team. With every after next year, team. it is. Because next year, I think, like, if we cut them after this year, the cap hit, I think it's like 14 and a half. Ba- bang on your trash can, Matt. <laughs> well, I'm glad you kept bringing up trash and trash cans and everything else with this football team because the actual trash can reference that has been going around all year, the Houston Astros, the Houston Asterix, Actually, coming into the <laughs> Major League Baseball postseason with a losing record, do something no one's ever done, win a postseason game with a losing record. They take down the Twins today 
four to one. Uh, poor Kentameda AJ. He goes, he pitches a shutout for his five innings, and then his bullpen can't hold it for him. But like we said, baseball season, regular season done. Postseason underway today. The Astros continue the Twins' woes, who have now set a new major league record at major, excuse me, major sports record at 17, 17 consecutive playoff losses for the Minnesota Twins, who have not won a playoff Impossible. game since 2004. Impossible. Just ridiculous. They, they sound like the Pistons. I was going to say, didn't the Pistons have a record close to that? No, not close to that. The Chicago Blacks, Blackhawks. Had a 16-game no, no, playoff. The, the Pistons streak the definitely set a playoff no, the, the record. Pi- the Pistons' like streak is still active, right? And for it's at what eight, twelve, something like that. I, I, they, no, it, it, it might be two years they for have, sure. It they might have a record of some sort, whether it's sweeps in a row or something. Like they have some sort of postseason losing record. Of course they do. We're Detroit. This is what we do. Uh, so, well, AJ, to be fair, when you're the eight seed in basketball, it's not really your fault. We completely ignored baseball last week, which we definitely shouldn't have because obviously in the midst of all the craziness, the Detroit Tigers lose their manager before the season's even actually over. Uh, old news at this point. Four, 14 games mercy, for the Pistons. Mercy kill. Oh, it was 14 games for the Pistons? See, I so yeah. they right. probably One had the record and the, the, the Twins, <laughs> the twins <laughs> probably said it like the twins do in the series. past them. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, Astros take down the Twins game one today, four to one. Uh, the... White Sox take down the Oakland Athletics in game one. That should be a fun series if it gets to game three. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays hold off the Toronto Blue Jays three to one today. And currently right now, the Yankees and Cleveland are up five two on the Indians. So we got playoff baseball. We actually completed. Well, most teams completed the 60 game season. AJ, is this a win for baseball? They even made it to the postseason without a bubble. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that it is. You're going to give credit to uh, Manfred? I mean, I'm going to give credit to the processes that were put in place, agreed upon by the <laughs> players and obviously the commissioner's office for what they've done. I, I think another nice gesture is the fact that they had, um, you know, they had families quarantined so they could be in attendance. Mm-hmm. Only the home teams, though. Well, no, that's not – well, no, I don't think that's true because um, I, I – I, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, Brett I, I read something on that. Just the home team. I, so that no, was, I. It, was, it wasn't a playoff game, but he was just chilling in the stands. Um. So, I I think that it 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 is a win. Um. Especially with the news coming down today about the Titans that had eight players test positive for COVID. Like amid that news, we're seeing that leagues can weather those storms. Because if you remember back, like. The Cardinals had a large outbreak. The Marlins were like literally hiring hot dog vendors to come in and play baseball for them at a certain stretch of time, <laughs> and still made the and playoffs. still made the playoffs. So, like, I, I think that the fact that the MLB was able to play close to their full amount of allotted games for most teams, if not all of them, and then still make it into a playoff um, type atmosphere. I, is 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 a win, I think, for everybody, for the players who are getting paid, for the owners who are getting the TV revenue, and for the fans who have been, like, just downright beaten to hell all 2020, right? So um, it's definitely a win. And I think that with the matchups that we have in the baseball landscape from top to bottom, I mean, um, that that Oakland White Sox series is going to be 
a heck of a series. As long as the A's show up tomorrow. If the A's show up tomorrow. I mean, the White Sox, I've got them. What did I have them? Uh, advancing on. I forget who. They would play the winner of the Yankees in Cleveland, I think. Right? No, they'd play the winner. Uh, so they're the they're the so the White Sox are the seven seed and the A's are the two seed, right? Right. So they're gonna play the three six, three, six. series. So that yeah. So four, so I had four, I had the White Sox moving one, on and, and then losing to the Twins, three, but obviously the Twins didn't uh, win yeah. today. Um, but I just think they've, like they've that Cleveland that Cleveland Yankee series is gonna be dynamite. Uh, the the Blue Jays and the Rays like had very tight games all regular season long. Uh, that's going to be fun. Second round matchups. If the Dodgers and the Padres make it out of their series, that's going to be a heck of an uh, um, NLCS, right? Or NLDS. Yep. And then um, I, I just think it's going to be a, a, a fun couple of weeks for baseball fans. All right, so... My team, obviously, is the Detroit Tigers, like all of us here who actually enjoy baseball. <clears throat> Ryan. Um, but my second team, starting at the age of eight years Go old, was has been the Atlanta Braves. Yep. And they have looked pretty good this year pretty and are good. the two seed in the National League. However, most people, from what I'm seeing, are jumping all over the Cincinnati Reds wow. thanks to their ridiculous 1-2-3 rotation that the Reds have put out there this year. But... I'm wondering on your thoughts on this because while the Reds have a very good rotation, and they do, their rotation has looked damn good because they, A, never faced a starting five offense this year with playing nothing but central teams between the AL and the NL. And can can this rotation that the Reds are throwing out there, who really haven't faced an offense as good as the Braves have really looked this year, hold off what has been a pretty damn – one of the better teams in baseball this year in Atlanta? Yeah, so I, I, I think that the Braves – I have the Braves in the NLCS against the Dodgers. Um, the Braves are such a good team. And the Reds the, – the, the equalizer for the Reds is exactly what you mentioned, right? It's it's their their one, two, three punch, especially Trevor Bauer, who's, like, been insane – this this year and and truly like has become one of my m- more favorite players to follow just because of how like anti commissioner he is and how like he's just <laughs> in and of himself just doing his business and like taking names right so and probably taking the Cy Young along with I, those names he should if he doesn't get the Cy Young it's it's a not on the same level as Verlander Porcello but it's pretty close because he looked pretty dang good. Um, so I, I definitely think that the Reds are going to make it interesting just due to the nature of their pitching staff. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, I think the Braves are, are just such a good team. That offense. It's so God, good. Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna. Like Albies, Acuna, Ozuna Freeman, well. Ozuna, who's been on fire. Like It's just going to be like it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan just because playoff ba- there's nothing like playoff baseball. Um, you know, and so it's, it just, it has a different feel to it. It's, it's going to be fun. I like the fact that as far as processes and procedures go, that they're kind of playing these games at like host sites, kind of like tournaments, right? Which is going to be fun. Um, so it, it'll be, it'll be cool. I, I think it's going to be really good. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, now that we're in the postseason, we get to do my idea where they start the fattest guy on second base in the extra innings, right? No, they've been doing that all year. <laughs> Actually, in the it, they revert back to original rules in the postseason, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay, so it's not in the postseason. It's only the regular season where it happens. Yes. Okay, I got it backwards. My bad. Yes. I still like this idea. Did we lose Paul? I feel bad. Paul's all <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. I'm, I'm here. I'm just chilling. So I'm still mad. I, I think if I remember correctly, and this prediction may be out, out the window now. Actually, I might not have had. I gotta remember what I picked. I don't think I had the White Sox moving on. I, I think I had an all California World Series with the A's and the Dodgers. Well, the A's better wake <laughs> yeah, up because they, they are in the midst of a now six-game losing streak in the postseason after losing today in Game One. The team in California need to watch out for is the Padres. If the Padres get past the Dodgers in the second round, they could very well win the entire thing. That would be, I mean, San Diego has been so beaten down when it comes to sports teams. You know, they they lost the Clippers a long time ago, which is kind of a blessing. They they lost they lost the Chargers (laughs) a couple years ago, where to a city in L.A. that no one cares about the Chargers, and people in in San Diego are still mad about that. The Padres have been god awful, wasted some great players throughout the '90s and 2000s, and are finally back. All they had to do was switch back to those ugly ass brown and yellow uniforms, apparently. But yeah, San Diego, th- those fans, they got to be ecstatic because they got one team now. They, they Actually, they do have a pretty good soccer following out there, but it's not an MLS team. But they got one team now, and the Padres are finally worth watching again in the game of baseball because for a long time, they were just so bad. And of course, the Padres it was like are the good, though. Was there. Like they're, so, just, they're not just worth watching. They are good. Yeah. yeah. And, and with the amount of talent that they have it, and the age of that talent, it, they could be good for a long time. All right, so if we get the matchups we, we should get. So in the NL, Dodgers are the one, Brewers are the eight. Most of us figuring the Dodgers are going to just run away with that one. Atlanta's the two, since he's uh, the seven. The Cubs and the Marlins, so here we go, back to the Steve Bartman days. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs are the three seed, the Marlins are the six. Yeah. How the Marlins even made the postseason with all the turmoil they went through this year with COVID stuff. Is, is a true... Ridiculous. Like testament, like I, 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 it just, it's an amazing story in my opinion. Uh, for somebody who appreciates good stories, to be pulling people like, like they had nobody to pick from with this when that COVID outbreak happened earlier in the season, and then still, like, managed to turn it around and squeak into the playoffs as a six seed too. So like. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like they're the eighth seed. No. Like, they weren't like, the last they, one They in. were the second division champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, two teams from each division got in, and they were the second team in the NL East. So, um, uh, the Marlins, as much as I appreciate a good story, though, I don't think they're going to beat the Cubs. And then the other COVID story was the Cardinals. The yep. Cardinals, you know, missed a ton of games as well, and they got in as well as the five seed taken on the Padres. That's because they didn't have to play us. We would have... We would have ruined their season earlier <laughs> in the right. year. That's right. Tigers would have just ended only, that whole thing, huh? Only playing 58 games. That kind of garbage today. <laughs> They'd be 30 and 30 if they played us. I will say, though, Luke Voigt for the Yankees hit 22 home runs in 60 games. Yeah, that's impressive. That, that's, uh, I mean, ridiculous. That's pretty dang awesome. That's like I mean, left-handed bat at Yankee two Stadium. Two more than Bonds would court, So, I mean, you kind of get that. But And then DJ LeMathieu hit 364. 
Yeah, he took home the batting title, right? First player in the modern era to win it in both the National and American League. Well, we also had a Triple Crown winner this year as far as pitching was concerned. Yep, Shane Bieber. 163 now, ERA, man. I understand it's a shortened season. Yeah, it's, that's still like that's that's ridiculous. ridiculous. That's doing your job. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm trying. When was the last time we had a triple crown winner in pitching for pitch for pitching? Uh, uh, Verlander. It's I been think a while. May right? have come close. Was Verlander? Did... Verlander may have come close one year. Uh, to what? To the triple crown Tri- of pr- pitching. Pitching triple crown. I think he's right. done it twice. I don't know about twice because there wasn't. There wasn't that big of a deal made about it, and there wasn't even a big deal about Shane Bieber doing it, which is ridiculous. Like, to me... Or wait, no, hold on, hold on. No, wait a second, because ERA is part of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yes. ERA. No, he hasn't done it, no. Wins. He hasn't done that. Yeah. It's such a... So, I uh, I hate the pitching triple card. I, I forgot, actually. So does AJ, right? right? AJ, I think no, I don't it's, you're talking about it. Like, you're not a fan of it either, well, right? I, well, I'm, it's, not, so, I'm not a so fan so of ERA, it in the sense that, like, you're counting pitcher team wins as one of the categories. The, that's the thing. Wins is the ERA, worst ERA, I'm one. okay with. Like, strikeouts, obviously, strikeouts should be on there, but, like... ERA is, is fine. Okay. Strikeouts is fine. Like they're fine. There's nothing wrong with all those. Are those are just as fine as the oh, metrics no. he, for batting. Oh no, he did in 2011. Did he really? Took the triple in, crown in 2011. Yeah, 20, 24 wins, two forty ERA, and two fifty strikeouts. So absurd. So absurd. Like that's. <laughs> oh my god. So, so wait, good. he had ERA win and, and strikeouts. And strikeouts right here. Just a month? According to yep. baseball reference, because yeah, they're all I, bolded, which means yep. you led the league. But I guess he could have tied with somebody with 24 wins or something. I well, don't know that. But. I'm sure it would still count. Yeah, he did in 2011. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I just think it, it's it's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited to kind of see how – here's my, my true, honest opinion. Take it for what it's worth. For as good as the Dodgers are, this season – it like the World Series is theirs to lose, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they won four. They won two thirds of their games this year. They won forty games, and uh, we we didn't we kind of question if a team would do that or not. Uh, yeah. I think we, we did. Wondered, we, and, I think it's like think forty-five. Forty five. I think yeah. we did say forty-five. They're, they're but they won forty-three, Jesus. which is ridiculous if you think about it. Like. <laughs> They They're are 70% clearly of their games. Yeah, they are the best team That's in baseball. Crazy. And it just makes sense with all the, you know, complaining they did about the Astros World Series and those councilmen wanting them to be named the World Series title. For them to actually win the World Series in a year where people don't think it counts is just like perfectly poetic justice. So <laughs> I mean it's or to get bounced in the I, second round by called, San Diego. They've been called the best team so many times, man. So yeah, many but, times. But but here's the oh, thing. I, like, last three years, but yeah. here's the thing. Over the last three years they have been, but they have been there Over all three the years. Six, and here's the reality too. Years, when they were compare like considered to be one of one of the best teams in baseball, they also were competing with teams like the Astros. There's really nobody on the American League side that I, as, I guess, as good so, as the Dodgers. So the only the only, the one thing I'll say Dude. goes for them is it very they're they're very similar to the Nats. So many times where the Nats picked to win it all and they had the best team and they fell short, usually spectacularly short, but then they finally broke through and got it done. So. I mean, I guess they have that going for yeah, them. Yeah, but Clayton Kershaw comparing the Dodgers to the Nationals is not 
Like the Nationals, the Nationals the, the had Dodgers good are really teams. Just the baseball. Clippers. The Nationals had good teams, but they were never as talent rich as the Dodgers have been. Like yes, they had Bryce Harper, but name another place person that was on their team. I I mean when you're Steve right, Strasburg. so you have Strasburg, you have Harper. Name another one. Sure. Come on, Ryan. No, no sure. Uh, was wait, wait, who, you who's go. the other uh, who, Zimmerman? Thank you, Ryan Zimmerman. There you go. Not going to be considered an, an upper echelon talented player. Good player. Uh, you could do both Zimmermans. player. You could do you could do trash can pitcher Zimmerman that wasn't as bad. With no, him. that's what I'm saying. Like they were they they had good teams, but they weren't. No, Ryan Zimmerman was really good. Ryan though. Zimmerman is a short. really solid major league baseball player, but you wouldn't consider him a. He's not a Cody Bellinger. He's not a Corey Seager. He's not a Mookie Betts. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how much. Like, literally, I, that's their, like, one, two, three hitters for the Dodgers. And then you throw Justin Turner in there. And then you throw Jock Peterson in there. And then you got, oh, you I, know what I'm saying? Like, I agree that they're the most talented team in baseball. I, I will agree with that 100%. And the Dodgers have given... an insane pitching staff. Like... Well, when your ace doesn't perform like one in the playoffs, that hurts your pitching Well, staff we'll see how Kershaw does in this playoff. Maybe the monkey gets off his back like he did for JV. Like, JV eventually I mean, got the monkey there's off no his back. There's no fans. Well, so the the thing is, JV's playoff performances were always good. It was his It's his World Series that is lagged behind. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's like the one knock. You can say, well, he hasn't performed great in the World Series. And really, truly, it's but, that I mean, 2012 World awesome. Series where Pablo got him for three home runs, right? Or two, at least. Like, that's the one that people always remember, because I don't think outside of that, Verlander's been that terrible in the World Series. Well, he was a freaking rookie in 06, right. and he wasn't great, but yeah, no, he was no a rookie. One like, uh-uh. Nobody well, no, people that's do. Like, that's like holding do, this but... season against Mize, right, for having an over-6 ERA. Like, nobody's looking at that and going, oh, well, this was a bust. Like, Mize's rookie season, hit, but outside of our team's garbage instead of World Series, uh, my rookie season has looked a lot like Verlander's. You see yeah. the stuff. You see the raw, like just well, you see flashes stuff. of the stuff. He lost a and lot you see of him of that stuff you throughout see as him. the year went on. Mize, you're talking. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the one concern with Mize, and it's something that he has to build up over time is the stamina to go to the distance into, into a major league season. But you know who was dang and, good in his rookie season this year? Tarek Skubal. Who had a 2.10 ERA? Yeah. If you take out one start against the Cardinals, take out that one bad start. What do you give up? Like five yeah. or six runs. So every other outing, if you take that one outing away, he had a 2.10 ERA this year. Like that's really, that's I, I told to y'all to keep your eye on him. Like he's he's the sleeper of that whole prospect pool at this I, point. We have so many pitchers like to possibly come up and pan out. Like it's impossible that we won't have a good rotation. And we should have traded Fulmer for Bregman or Javi Baez when we had the chance. Imagine what our team would be like right now had we made that trade of Fulmer. Even though you said it was yeah. a bad idea at the time. Hold on, hold on. I told hold you on. his value was never going to be higher than that moment right then and there. And once again, there was a time when it comes to three baseball, months after. I'm right. No. I came around to trading him. I didn't want to trade him when you wanted to trade him. But when I wanted to trade him, he was still very tradable and we didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because around the we time refused. that you were wanting to trade him, that's when he started to slip and then he started to get injured. Now, the Yankees still but wanted him bad, but right before the injury. Truthfully, I don't even hold this season against Fulmer, though. Like, he's still coming back from Tommy John, 
So like let's let's not make too many rash judgments. He's just not the pitcher that we all thought he was going to be his rookie season. I mean, injuries are derailing. 100%. Him. Honestly, Fulmer's career trajectory is starting to look like Carson Wentz's career trajectory is starting to look like. I know I'm mixing sports Mark, here. Mark the bird. Tuning, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's a shame because he was really really good. And if we can, and go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You worry at this point with the amount of injuries and time off in not only the wear on your body, but the mental strain and the strain to your confidence. You Can you get back? Not everyone is Justin no. Verlander. Like climbing those mountains, getting through all that and getting back anywhere close to where you were. It's a really hard thing to do. And that's why a lot of players don't. And at this point, you any if you can get sub four ERA from Fulmer going forward. That's a win. You know what I'm doing if I'm Tigers management? Completely resetting his mind and moving him to closer. Just saying, I knew you were listen, you're our closer. See, I, I think the, so I, I don't the best like thing that. for Fulmer's career is to trade him to a team that cheats. That way he can get his confidence back up. <laughs> well, all of his players are hitting the ball. So then the other hitters are just putting so much strain on their body trying to hit it out the park. And then his strikeout numbers just go through the roof, and there he gets a World Series ring. So I would say long relief at best for Verlander, or not Verlander, Jesus Fulmer. Uh, yeah. he's not he's not closer material. Well, he's coming to from me. Tommy John too. There, isn't he? there yes. are yes, he is at age like seventy five, thirty eight. Uh, there are there are certain attributes that I look for in a closer, and Fulmer doesn't have them. Fulmer has starter attributes. Fulmer has going six, seven inning, eight inning 100%. attributes. That are do not lend themselves but think about well this, to a closing role. He's not coming out throwing 102 mile an hour. Well, gas. yes, you're right about that because he's trying to go six, seven innings, so he's keeping stuff in the tank. Pitchers do that all the time. Imagine if he had to only go out there and throw one inning. You think he? I I still don't think he would be. I think he. And I, the way he pitches lends itself to larger sample size success. Then I have to get these three batters out right now, no matter what. I just – it's not that he couldn't do it. I just – I don't think that's – I think if he can't sure. be a functional starter going forward, I think he's a great candidate for long relief. Could you get a – could you get like a nice young prospect bat for like Jimenez no, and Fulmer? No. Like guys who have no. stuff? And you might get like, yeah, you so might it, get, it, you might get an older prospect towards the end of their prospect status for those two, but you're not getting – Jimenez has like – his mind is completely gone. Like whether you say the Tigers ruined him through their development, which is very, Absolutely. very, very, very possible. Paul, I'm conceding that to you. Um, or and or I'm he just to you that he's trash. Or he just peaked at AAA, which is also a very real possibility. Um, not, not with the stuff he had. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like, has he shown that stuff? He has. So he did. To Miami he did show let it. Him clear your mind. And that's why you. he made the All Star as a rookie. He did show that stuff and then completely fell apart. Um, he, he absolutely had the major league stuff and we absolutely mismanaged it into the ground. But at this point he's garbage. I mean, there's no, you know, I've been on the Jimenez train longer than anybody and I love him like a son, but he sucks and I he's don't not think good. he's going to get it back. And it's, he's terrible. it's all, no, he's, it's he's all terrible. a head game for him in my opinion. It, it's a hundred percent in his head and he's worked through some minor stuff too, but it, it his head so, is just the problem. So here's the thing. I think like there's a very real chance and I don't know if they would, but if they can't trade him there, he could get DFA'd 
Um, he might have an option left, but I don't think at this point they would option him at AAA. We need to get a real pitching coach is what we need. I, God knows no, we haven't had one of those that, in so, 70 years. So that, you're, you hit the nail on the head. More so than who we hire as manager, who they hire as their pitching coach is going to be the marker of how successful this team with will be over the next With how many young arms we years. have, with how all the yes. young arms we have coming and up, you know, yeah, do you know who I do you know who I hire? I I who don't know hire? his name, Jack but Morris. I I I bring oh, no. the AAA pitching coach up who worked with all these guys when they were dominating. Uh, I think it's Double A, Double A. I tell him, you know what, you're our pitching coach because you know these guys. I don't know enough about him to agree or disagree with it, but I like where your head is at. I I just I want anyone with a brain that can stop just tossing these guys out there to get destroyed and actually teach them yeah. things and how to succeed at the major league I'm with level. You on that. So the, Pedro Martinez. The, the thing with Fulmer and Jimenez, and for different reasons, but answer, continuing Ryan's question, their value, whatever value as major leaguers they possibly have left, is not worth. Will only be found. It will only be found yeah. here. So you're not. No one is paying you anything worth shipping them off for. Because if they're going to be major league contributors, yeah. it's because you fix yeah. them. And if you fix then them, you now they're them. good players. Yeah. Now they're good and players they on top again. of it. Like, AJ, but, if you don't got the tools to fix the car, you better bring it to a mechanic. AJ, do you mean Gold, Mark Johnson? Is that the – whoever was working with them. I, yeah, Pitching that, coach for the, uh, for the Seawolves. <laughs> yeah. But how long who's, has he been the pitching coach? How long has he been the pitching coach? I don't know. It just says Mark Johnson returns to the Seawolves in 2019 who's, who's to 2020. The who's the pitching coach at AAA? Because I tell you, like Rich Arlen Anderson. No, 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 no. Rich Anderson's our Rick Anderson's our pitching coach at the major league level. Why do I, I keep seeing Jeff Jones. I don't, no, that's not it. That's. Are you sure? Bet. To let a Bonderman. Speaking come in of no. managers. Who do you go for? Ozzy. Let, let's take this off the Ozzie, table. Ozzie, let's, Ozzie. Here, oy, let, oy, me, oy. let me ask a question this way. We all know, and I think we all agree, that it would be like the oh. top of the list is A.J. Hinch. So let's move past A.J. Hinch. Like that's our number By one. By the game. way, uh, Juan Nieves? Yeah. Nieves? Nieves. Nieves. Yeah, Nieves. He's, yeah, yeah one of those two coach. guys. Whoever worked with those guys the most, that's who I'm bringing up as a pitching coach. But aside from A.J. Hinch, who is your choice to lead the Tigers moving forward? A.J. Hinch. I just said aside from him. We know. <laughs> no, I know that your – There is Let's be a little creative one answer. And There's, I don't question. want – You're not going to like this answer. Him. I – O z z i e g u i I hate I I legitimately <laughs> I hate that you're making me answer this question because the only possible sensical answer is AJ Hinch. Like any higher other than AJ Hinch, you should be fired as general manager of the Lions. You shouldn't have a job. Granted, we probably agree that our general manager shouldn't have a job anyway. And I don't. But and I don't think that the, Alex. If I have to go out and get a a guy. 
I'm going to familiar territory and I'm going to college and I am hiring Eric Bakich because his track record of development, not just at Michigan. Is, is that the bum at Michigan? Not oh, just at Michigan, <laughs> but for the million years before he was at Michigan, his record of developing players is absolutely nuts. And that's what we need. We need a guy that's going to come in ref- develop and teach these guys how to be professionals and play baseball. And I don't know if he would do a good job of it. He has not been a major league head coach. So it's tossing whatever out there. I think any hire other than AJ Hinch is wrong anyways, but if you're forcing me to choose someone else, I'm going to steal someone from the college game, which by the way, this isn't like other sports. This does not happen often. Mm -hmm. If like ever, like it's not MLB, they don't hire like college head coaches to come and take over their team. That's not something that happens. Um, I, I wouldn't even know who the last guy would be that was hired fresh out of college. It's not something that's common. But if I'm not hiring AJ Hinch for whatever godforsaken reason, let me go off the beaten path and do something crazy. What about uh, Alex Cora? No. Nope, no. Alex Cora is a product of AJ Hinch. And, and I don't. I don't think he was. I don't think Alex Cora does what he did with the Red Sox if they're not caught up in that scandal. I mean, I just, he doesn't have, there's too much unknown there. Like, I don't know how good he actually is as a manager. I don't know how, what? Bobby V. Hey. (laughs) No. There you go. We don't, listen, listen. Like, Give me me that sideshow and give me that Bobby Valentine. He'll show up in a a fake mustache after he gets kicked out. We're not going to hire him, and I can't wait to just scream about it for an entire podcast, but there's just, there's no, you can rack your brain as much as you want. The only hire is AJ Hinch. There is no reason in the universe to hire literally anyone else. Okay. There's just not. But I I agree with you. I don't know if there's going to be a black ball situation there, though. Well, that's dumb. Sorry, we not, I'm don't not, want to I'm win, not saying, so we're not going to hire saying, you. Principal. No, no, no. You're not, I'm not saying the Tigers are blackballing him. I'm saying Major League Baseball blackballs him. And if I was the Tigers, I would tell Dave Dipshit to suck a giant cock. I'm hiring who I want to hire. Dave who? Who? Dombrowski ain't been here. What are you talking about? Uh, Gettleman. Gettleman? For the Giants? Jesus Christ, I'm retarded. I'm, um, I know he drafted Daniel Jones. But. Uh, Rob Manfred. I'm. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. I'm just. Uh, this is how upset I am. AJ, um, yes. Rob Manfred. I'm sorry. Is, if the if the Indians you didn't have your teleprompter. If the Indians get swept out of this series. I can't believe I just said that. What the is fuck there is any chance? I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at NFL spreads right now, and I'm just like, I don't know. If they if they let go of Terry Francona, I would. Yeah argue he could be the the one B to the one A of AJ Hinch. I'm sorry, who was it? Terry Francona. Terry Francona. No. Nah. You nope. know you know who he else is... you know who else I would bring in as a pitching coach if I was managing, if we didn't promote from within, is Mickey Calloway. Hiring Francona is just hiring Garden Hire all over again. No, it's Garden Hire two point oh like I don't no, that need that's not true. Yes, stop. Stop. It's, yes, no it's it not. It's not. It's not the same. And you gave Garden Hire the worst team the, in the MLB. Yeah, and supposed to do. Francona has a... It does not move the needle. I, I think it does. I, I think Francona's a good... Could be a good hire. I honestly, if you're not going to hire A.J. Hinch, I think Ozzie Guillen is your next best hire. Like, I mean, at least Ozzie yeah. Guillen would bring memes and nice clips. Like, 
Well, no. Brandon Inch. Come on, man. <laughs> Bobby Higginson. Justin Thompson. Just want to bring all of them back. I'm, he's got, he's got, all he's all got joking aside, and I don't know why he would want to. I would retire Maybe. on my gazillion dollars. But if we could somehow get Justin Verlander to come back, pitch for a year or two, and then transition to pitching coach, and I don't care how much money it takes, you talk about a guy who's pure mechanics and, and just yeah. – uh, him man. going literally down. Student, I think Justin Verlander. Him going down to him going down to Tommy oh, John I don't, this year. Listen, sets up quite nicely for him to make. Uh, I knew you were gonna say that too. Like it, the right, the handwriting has got to be on the wall with that, right? Like, there's about, gonna uh, be a curtain call. Ian Kinsler is manager. Ian Kinsler, that I, <laughs> that wouldn't be that terrible of a. He'd be a fun manager hey. to watch. We're we're thinking outside the box. I I just think I think that Sean Casey. I I I am I'm torn on AJ Hinch for all the criticism I gave the Astros for cheating, even though I think he would be a a good manager. Um, I don't think Avila and Illich make that splash though. I just something in my gut tells me that. Oh, I agree with this, you, which is why I'm going to be mad for yeah, two hours. So this hire is going to be something that is. Though they're in a prime spot to make a very sexy hire for a team that has significant, like, variables to be excited about for 2021, which, when this rebuild began in 17, I said 21 would be the year they started to compete again. Just want to keep throwing that out there and reiterating it. Um, This is a prime opportunity, but we know that Avila does not make the right decision when the right decision is staring him in the face. So, like, you could see them going after somebody like a Don Kelly, right, who's a fan favorite, uh, Donnie Ballgame, which might not be terrible, but it's also one of those, like Paul said, I don't think that's one that really moves the needle, especially for – we saw what happens when you hire a first-time manager in 2014, and I just don't think – I, I just hope that they make the right call for the people. I, I've said Detroit. this a lot lately. I, I I'm starting to feel like your entire goal while we podcast is just to hurt me. It's not. I just I try to bring a sense of realism to it because it's just a sense of sadness. But yeah, well, realism is sadness. So <laughs> true story. I just welcome this to 2020. Yeah, I, I just this is garbage. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like any part of this. I'm not thrilled. I'm not going to be thrilled. I just have a feeling in my gut. I'm not going to be thrilled with the hire. I mean, again, I agree with you 100%. Like, I I don't expect us to make a hire that makes any sense. Like, I don't see it happening. And I'm just going to be mad. But And AJ Hinge is just going to be sitting there jobless watching us suck. Jared Salto. Brian Pena could be a good choice. Lance Parrish could be a great choice. He's done a great job in our minor league system as a manager. So, like, those are ones that I would not be like, Wow, that's really sexy. I'd be like, okay, I'm on board with that. But like, so a Lloyd McClendon, I would be like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, so God. the Tigers just like hate Lloyd McClendon if they don't give him the no, job. No, I, I. It's like, hey, you're never good enough to be a manager. So I, I don't know. There's no reason in the fucking universe that he should have his current job. Can we stop talking about actual fucking trash cans? Well, speaking of trash sure. cans, do you know, well, you know I mean, who's in the running to take over the Angels? Mike Sosha. Dombrowski. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Are they even, like Mike Trout player no. manager? No, they've oh, got Joe, they've got Joe Madden. They have a great manager, yeah. but they have a terrible oh, shit, GM. So. Oh yeah, what about Mike Sosha? <laughs> no, I don't think in this day and age. I think much like Garden Hire, I think the game is kind of passed. Passed them by a little bit. That, that's why I don't think Francona is like Garden Hire because I don't think the game has yet passed Francona by. I thought you liked Gardy. I do. I love Gardy. I, I I do. I but I think that Gardy was hired three years too late. I think that if I, you put Gardy in the 2014 situation, I don't think that we get pushed out by the Orioles. And I think that that team competes for a little bit longer than it did. I think if you put anybody that has ever been around the game of baseball and isn't a complete trash can. We don't get beat by the Orioles in 2014. Freaking Paul's word of the night. Yeah, it is. For good reason. Because everybody involved in Detroit sports is a giant goddamn trash can. Well, then let's get off of Detroit. Yeah. Let's get off of trash cans in general. Sounds good. And let's talk about something that makes Paul happy, which is having this man's nuts in his mouth. LeBron James and the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers have made their way to the NBA Finals for the first time in a decade for the Lakers, the first time in two years. Oh, my God. For LeBron to take on his one of his former teams in the Miami Heat who took down the Boston Celtics. In you say it like he's played on a million different teams. He's played on two teams. He has. He's played on two teams, and one of them he went back and forth for, you know, kind of like a prom date with the fat girl. Yeah, I get it. Cleveland was the fat girl, and then she was kind of attractive later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's worse than that, too, because it was an arranged marriage to the fat girl. Like, he didn't have a choice. His parents were just yeah. like, listen, you you're see, marrying this I, fat girl. I think girl. the most interesting thing about this entire final series is the fact that Dion Waiters gets a ring no matter who wins. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that's, it's up yeah, to so the that's, discretion. That's only if, if, yeah. if Miami If wins. the Heat win, yeah, and, they have and the, the option to give, to give it to him. I don't, I don't know that I would take it, though. Oh. If I was on the losing team. If you team, are Dion Waiters, you ring. will take anything you can it's get. It's a ring. Yeah, you might. You it's man. a ring. Although, like, he's going to so pawn that in like, 10 years it, for so money. It's, it's not even because I didn't win it. It's because I actually lost it. Like, if Deion Waiters went to the Pistons or something, and, like, the Heat were like, hey, here's your ring. Your team was, you know, shitty. They didn't make the playoffs. Then I think you accept the ring. But if you're on the team that loses. So, you, so here's. in last year, right? He, here With, is uh, where the nuance comes. This is where the important nuance comes to me. So, Deion Waiters. They should give him the ring, and he should accept it. But despite having the ring, he is not a champion. He did oh, not win a title. Not. No, yeah, it's hundred percent. Like that's it is very important so, to understand. So why these would things. you why would you accept the ring? Yeah. Because it's ten kick years ass. from now, he's gonna be broke and he's gonna pawn that shit for grocery money. Wow, dude, that is a huge. <laughs> no, then to then make. Paul then he's gonna be Paul's. That's gonna be Paul's worst enemy. It is. <laughs> After oh, Mark Cuban stop. puts him See, up in AJ AJ doesn't even know. AJ doesn't even know. Uh, oh God! Yeah, Paul hates, West. Paul hates people with bipolar disease. Oh my! I don't stop it. <laughs> Go back to doing drugs. You want to get clean? Not on my watch. I, he he. Listen, he's no Brandon Marshall who actually turned his life around. He's just another trash can. So another another Ryan Leaf. Hate to see it. All right. Oh, so so in our, in our um in our little poll of stuff that we had going on for the NBA not, uh Ryan you were the only one right that had the Lakers yeah unfortunately we all had the Clippers well fortunately for me I'm just not happy about it so 
It's a very interesting matchup here because Miami does boast two of the quote-unquote better LeBron defenders. Doesn't mean they're great defenders on LeBron because let's be honest, no one really is. When you are six foot eight, two 275 pounds of freight train, it's really hard to defend you. And as great as Jimmy Butler and Andre Godala have been defensively on LeBron, that puts them down to what, 25 points a game as opposed to 30 points a game? But they do have the guys to try to slow down LeBron. I've been harping all year that this team in L.A. is two guys. It's LeBron and A.D. and then everybody else. Now, these everybody else's have done a great job showing up. Starting in the Western Conference Finals, they really started showing up for LeBron and A.D. And they made short work of the Denver Nuggets. This Miami Heat team is a squad. They Now, not, oh my God, squad, but they are a tight knit unit that plays really well together they move the ball around really well they pass the the scoring around really well and there's a lot of guys that can cause problems for the lakers especially if they get hot from three the lakers are not a great three-point shooting team this year they looked a lot better against denver but if it comes down to what the lakers have been for most of the year and it's ad and lebron and they have to be on their game every game for them to win these four games miami has a shot of pulling this upset. I have a question. Sure. Why is everyone so sure that Bam cannot make life miserable for LeBron? I didn't. Because who are you going to put on AD if you put Bam on LeBron? You're going to. Well, you're going to. So Miami is not going to be able to man up and play defense. Let's get that out of the way right now. They're not one on one, same guy on same guy of every trip up and down the floor playing defense and being successful in any way. Eric Spolstra is not a dumb person. He is not a trash can. He is the best coach in the entire NBA, and he is going to cook up a recipe recipe for havoc. And that is going to involve a lot of switching. It is going to involve a lot of zone. It's going to involve a lot of rotations all over the place. But Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo flying all over the place on defense, mixing things up, switching on everything, and getting roughing up LeBron and AD – I think they can do a hell of a job of making life miserable for them and making role players on the Lakers step up and do their job for them to win the series. Listen, you're not going to shut LeBron down. You're not going to shut AD down, but you can force them into bad turnovers. You can force them into inefficient play. And if you do that, you have a chance to win because top to bottom, your roster is a lot better than the Lakers. You don't have Anthony Davis and you don't have LeBron James, but you do have after LeBron and AD, the next 15 best players are on your roster, okay? And yes, that is, for those listening, a little bit hyperbolic, but not nearly as much as it sounds like. So no, you don't have the two best players in the series, but you have every other goddamn good player in the series. And I mean, that is Man, not You hyperbole. are just going to continue that, to diss playoff Rondo like that, huh? I am. 90-year-old playoff Rondo, and I love Rondo. Big Rondo fan, big Dwight Howard fan. But listen, if we're talking like good NBA players in 2020, checks notes, they're not on that list. So all of the good players in the series that aren't Rondo AD and LeBron well. play for the Miami Heat. Okay, but these guys on the Miami Heat have not had to play defense against AD and LeBron when they had to take on the Boston Celtics. So how exhausted are they going to be from defense to be of any use offensively for their Miami Heat teammates? Yeah, because the Lakers are going to be able to play just such amazing defense with 97-year-old Rondo. They're the best defensive team in the league. (laughs) Yes. 
I don't know how often he's how not. That's he's what I just said. He's end. not. I, I was very clear. He's not following him everywhere. They can't man up and win the series. They can't man up and win a game. It's going to be a very creative scheme. Oh, and they got to pull the lions and pull the zone out on them. I mean, it is going to be with I mean, help from everywhere. You're going to have. You're going to have Duncan Robinson maybe guarding LeBron on the perimeter and then LeBron as he drives being slammed by Bam. Like, it is going to be a mix match of just Havik defensively if Miami has a hope to win What the heck is Havik? So, so, so then if you double team LeBron on the drive, he's going to kick it out to somebody that's open. Who's going to miss the shot? And because you're going to pray suck. that Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma are actually on their game. That's, that's exactly my point. You have to make them beat you. And I think Miami will be able to – listen, I'm not saying Miami's going to win the series. I'm just saying people acting like LeBron and AD are just going to score 70 combined points a night and just roll through Miami with no resistance, it's absurd. Like if you look at the way people – if you look at the way people talk about the series and what they assume is going to happen is absurd, especially when you look at LeBron. LeBron is old, dude. He I is, know he's the best he player old, in the universe. Look, in the I know Western he's the best player in the universe. Matter, but he is not. All? <laughs> Hang on. Last Hang on. In the Western Conference Finals, though, at least, and this is, I'm just taking the last thing that we have seen from these Lakers. Five players averaged around 10 points behind LeBron and AD. So you got 50 points of help from five players right there. If the Lakers get that, Miami is in a lot of trouble. Because that's a lot I would of agree points with being that. put up. I would agree with that. But Denver's problem is Denver could not create the havoc needed to slow down LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD offensively were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted against Denver. Miami is Except rebound infinitely, infinitely, but he wasn't asked to rebound. Listen, I know every everyone everyone has talked about the rebounds. Ryan was mad about the rebounds. AD's role, when he had two AD's role was not... There was no rebound. You are seven foot. I don't care what your role is. Get more than one rebound in the game. And and I'm sure you led the team in rebounds. I'd have to look at the stats, but it's not like all year. They're like, Hey, AD, we need four rebounds. It's, it's how they decided to match up that series. I'm not going to say it's right or it's wrong. He was not asked to even a little bit, try to help on the glass. Howard getting eight offense rebounds. He was not asked to even help a little bit on the glass. And that's fine. Like that's not a big deal, but Miami, can do infinitely more defensively to cause problems for the Lakers than Denver could. And that was the problem. Denver had to win shootouts. And because they had no way to contain LeBron and AD, that let the supporting cast go off even more. But if you are Miami and you can make life difficult for LeBron and AD, it forces the role players to take a much more important role under the spotlight. And it becomes harder for them to give you the same support they did against Denver. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying Miami's going to win this series. I'm not saying they're going to win a game. I'm just saying the way people perceive this series is so much slight to Miami and that organization and Eric Spolstra to act like they cannot come in and compete with the Lakers. The Lakers have two players there should be playing meaningful minutes in a final series. Two. That's not true. I mean, Danny Green's already, Danny Green's already done it three times. And he was shit last series. He's shit. But in I general. Mean, he shot, what, 28% from three or something? Yeah, the only so thing you hope that he regresses a, or progresses a little bit more to the mean, even if it's not 40. Right? Like, I don't think it's going to be 28 again. 
I I mean, if he if he's not shooting thirty six plus percent, he's a a minus. Like he he shouldn't be on the floor. I so okay at defense. He's not as good as he was. But his his but he's his, good, he's good enough to get his hand in front of like Tyler Hero or Duncan. But his Robinson's role is face. to knock down threes. And I don't know if you've seen Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson play. play. They they knock down those shots. A hand is not enough. I mean, KCP was knocking out shots last series. Which, again, something and you probably aren't going to rely on. KCP had the... I mean, KC, KCP's been knocking out shots all KCP. year. So he was at 43% last series, which was higher than he was on the year, which was like, th- I think, 37 maybe. Um, maybe 38 a, a little higher. Difference. Could have been shortchanging him. But and he played good defense last series, which is what you want from him, obviously. And that's another guy that can make life more difficult for those guys like Duncan Robinson and for those guys... Uh, like Tyler Hero, and I'm sure you're going to see some KCP um, on, like, Jimmy Butler, where he's kind of sneaky good now at getting, like, those strips when they drive to the basket. And I still don't like KCP from his time here. But he's gotten better since he was a Piston. And the Lakers kind of have this uh, this perfect role carved out for him. And at least last series he performed. And it's going to be on the role players of both teams, and if both role players are, you know, washed out because I do think that those guys on the heat that aren't Bam Adebayo and aren't Jimmy Butler are going to have a tougher time against the Lakers than they did against the Celtics like you're going you're going from putting you know Daniel Tice on Bam Adebayo a guy who's not going to give you anything offensively to Anthony Davis and that's why I think Matt's point about um having having Bam Adebayo be a little bit more exhausting on offense I think that will really come to fruition because, again, you're going from Daniel Tice to now Anthony Davis, where you can almost take a break on Daniel Tice on offense because he's not going to do anything except maybe catch a lob um, from somebody. And at that point, you know, defending a lob is really hard. And if somebody's going up, it's probably because you're already out of position. Now you're going to go with Anthony Davis, who, you know, him and LeBron obviously is who the offense rolls through. And then you still have guys on the back end where the Heat don't have great defensive no guards like Duncan Robinson's okay defensively Tyler Hero's not not that good but at least he's not afraid Goran Dragic isn't good defensively and obviously Jimmy Jimmy Butler can do what he does so I think it could be a big series you know for a guy like Rondo who when you're going up against those reserves and you know Kendrick Nunn doesn't even play anymore so who knows he'll be on him maybe Tyler Hero I think he'll be a guy who will be able to uh, you know drive and, and kick effectively and then you have some of the other guys that do those those little things like as much as we make fun of Caruso for being bald and white right like he's a he's a scrapper um you know much like Marcus Smart much like uh who shit who do he have who am I thinking of like Jay Crowder well it's like get they'll get on the floor they're not afraid to dive you know obviously Jimmy Butler's like that too so I do think that some of the role players on um the Lakers have an opportunity to um still step up Whereas where a lot of the Heat's role players' success from came from, you know, shooting. Whether it's Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, Tyler Hero. Uh, you know, Goran Dragic is, isn't really a role player. He's their starting point guard, and he's been playing incredibly well. Uh, but you even look at a guy like Kelly Olynyk off the bench. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the Lakers have the recipe to, you know, thwart that three-point shooting. 
And if Robinson isn't giving you three-point shooting because there's just, like, you know, people in his face, even though he's a really good shooter, still people in his face. Um, but if he gives you one of those nights where it's, like, the off nights, right? Because he'll have those nights where he's 18 points and he's six or seven from the line. And then it'll be, like, three points and he's one for seven. And then he doesn't do anything else. Whereas Hero's getting you rebounds. Hero's getting, uh, you know, a little bit more um, – uh, into the lane and drawing fouls than, you know, obviously a guy like Duncan Robinson is. And Jay Crowder played really bad, really like the last five games of last series too. He had a, he had a great game one, and then he shot like absolute shit. So I do think the Heat are going to have trouble, uh, more trouble getting those three-point shots off than I think you're giving them credit for. And the Lakers are going to be favored in the series anyway. By a lot. And uh, having, yeah, probably by a lot. And having, you know, LeBron and AD, it's it's really tough even just to match up with those two guys. And we keep saying it, but we said it every round, right? Like, oh, those are just the only two guys. And I don't think any of us thought the Blazers were going to beat them. We all thought that'd probably be a wash. Same with Houston. But uh, I think most of us at least thought Denver could give them uh, a shot, right? And, you know, obviously a lot of us thought if the Clippers got there, that the Clippers would, you know, would actually beat the Lakers because it's only those two guys. But those two guys have played well all playoffs because they got that rest before the bubble. And even in the bubble, they didn't play that much. I think LeBron missed maybe three of the eight bubble games or something like that. And same thing with Anthony Davis. Uh, Two games and they set out a second half or something like that. But they're well-rested for the playoffs, and they're obviously well-rested for this opportunity. And then to have guys with so much experience on the Lakers who are in the situation. And I know you're not going in front of fans, so maybe it's neutralized a little bit. But just understanding, like, you know, one game isn't going to make or break you. The Lakers have a bunch of champions on the roster, and then they even have a guy like Dwight who, you know, is a, a big contributor for them, who has kind of seemed like he's found his second life, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit mellow-esque, even though I don't know that his low was ever as low as Mellow's was, where he was, you know, just completely out of the league. But I don't know. Not that Miami's not going to be uh, not going to be focused, because I think they are. But I think uh, there's a difference between, like, just being focused and then being focused and having that championship experience and already having that championship mentality, because all of you have done it before. And know the Lakers have, or the Heat have, Iguodala and somebody else. Who else on the team won? Iguodala... Oh, and Haslam, but Haslam doesn't play. Yeah, Haslam does not play. <laughs> was on, on, on the bench for moral support. And, I mean, it, like, we, we haven't really seen it before, but there still is that uh, is that thing that might be able to get the Lakers a game where the Lakers just have great size, and the Heat really don't. Right? I think they have one guy over seven foot on the roster, which is uh, My- Myers Leonard, and he played one game in the playoffs. And that's because I think Olenek was hurt that game. So if they wanted to play size ball for even a couple minutes and just throw that lineup out there and see how the Heat handle it, I think the Lakers, you know, can do that. And there's a couple more things that they can do. Like I saw some clips of um, like the the Lakers versus the zone early in the year against the Heat. And so like looking at the clips and looking at the results of them, it was the Heat. It was like six possessions. The Lakers missed two three or three threes and had like three turnovers or something. But if you're looking at it like a zone does, it gives way to really easy three-point shots. And I just don't know that you're going to count on the Lakers to miss those for seven games. They did in those clips, though. So, I mean, maybe that's the strategy that he rolls with. And if the Lakers can't hit shit, then, you know, obviously anybody can win. 
That was long. I, I'm sorry. So, no, you're good. No, no, you're, I, no, you're good. So, I mean, what what are we thinking here? The Miami get past Game Five. <sighs> I mean, that's the tough question for me because I have either Lakers in five or Lakers in six, and I've been waffling back in which I which one I think it's going to be. I, it, I don't. It's tough. So long before COVID took over the world, long before playing in the bubble, Miami was not playing with this level of confidence, although they were not a bad team at the time that they faced off against the Lakers on December 13th. They were 18-7 and seven after that loss, so they were still a good team at that point. But Miami definitely is playing with much more confidence as a unit now than they absolutely were when they were playing the Lakers back in December. Uh, and the Lakers are the Lakers. I mean, even the last time these two teams played, it was AD and LeBron combining for 61 points. Caldwell Pope had a pretty damn good game of 15 points. And Avery Bradley, who was not playing, had 10 points. Other than that, he got nine from <laughs> McGee, nine from Danny Green, but not much help elsewise. Dwight Howard, Jared Dudley, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo, none of them did anything the last time these two teams played. So we really don't know what we're going to get when L.A. faces Miami in this finals. So that's because Rondo wasn't in the play. I, that was the, regular. It, you hit Lower. the nail on the head when you said you don't know what we're going to get because there's so many absurd. I all, all, obviously the season, the bubble, the fact that they're playing without fans, like the absurdity of it all. But there's just so many weird unknowns that could happen. And so, like, take KCP for instance. Like we all shit on him. He sucked in Detroit. He was a shooting guard that couldn't shoot. Is something that I repeated a million times while he was here. All joking aside, he had his best season as a pro this year both regular season and playoffs. He really has had his best season of a pro. Not scoring the most because he wasn't asked to, but as far as efficiency, knowing his role, keeping up his defensive uh, end of the bargain and knocking down shots when he's asked to, he did that for the most part. Even during the – he hit his, his – he was most is a, his most efficient year as a pro, and he was still solid on the defensive side. So, But can you count on him when they need a corner three at a big time – that he's going to knock it down. I don't know. And look at the rest of the roster. So we talked about how they don't have, or at least I talked about how they don't have a lot of depth, a lot of good NBA players on that roster. You're relying on 50-year-old Rondo and 50-year-old broken-down Dwight Howard for like crucial minutes in a final series and to just, like you said, you don't know what you're going to get because... We've seen what they've, they've been all over the place the past few years. And yeah, they know this, this, their role for this team. Yeah, they played really well against Denver. But can they keep it up? Are their bodies going to give them trouble? Are they going to show what they really are at this point in their careers? I don't know. Nobody has those answers. And God forbid, what if AD's ankle gets tweaked again? I mean, what if something well, like... I mean, then that's oh. the... Then it's <laughs> but it's not even... Like, I'm, but, that's, but I'm not saying... So you say... Oh, you're laughing like, oh, yeah, what if someone's best player gets injured? But I'm not even saying it like that. It's not like LeBron breaks his arm and misses the series. Obviously, they're going to lose. It's... What if they get a little banged up? AD already rolled his ankle. What if he rolls it again and he still plays, but he's like 60%. And now he can't do some of the things that you're relying on him to do. And you have LeBron trying to literally drag corpses to the finish line against a much deeper team and how much easier do the Lakers become to defend because guys get tweaked all the time. It's not like guys getting legitimately hurt and missing time, but the Lakers can't even afford like minor nagging things to happen. They can really throw this series for them. So that's why there's so much unknown. And then you flip side to Miami, how young Miami is. 
they haven't been in this position before, which can be a blessing and a curse. Um, do they not feel the pressure because they're young and dumb and don't know any better? Or does the pressure in, un, overwhelm them because they're young and dumb and don't know any better? That can go either way. You have a massive coaching mismatch. I don't care what you think about Frank Vogel. He is not in the same universe as an NBA coach that Eric Spolstra is. I mean, there's no comparison to the two. So now you have a much, much better coach and not maybe not more overall talent just because of how good AD and Braun are, but you have more chess pieces. Spo definitely has more chess pieces. So you say, well, the Lakers, they have basically, they have a rook and a queen and then a bunch of pawns, right? And you may, maybe the Miami doesn't have their queen and maybe they're down to rook too. But they have literally everybody else. They got and a the gang board is, and knights and the board, the board is full of those pieces. And they have a better chess player on the other side. But the other side still got a queen. Hell, the other side has two queens. And that it's going to be... Yep. You don't know what's going to happen in this situation. Is the ability going to overwhelm the depth and the better minds? I don't know. I think... Because it's the NBA and because the way basketball generally favors the best players, especially when it's the two best players, I would say probably the Lakers are going to win this series and not like be super taxed doing it. I don't think it's going to go seven games, but you, you can't write off Miami. That's what I want people not to do. I don't want people to write off Miami and act like this is a foregone conclusion. And God forbid the Lakers lose this series. The narratives are going to be intolerable. <laughs> oh, like, God. just unbelievably oh, please, intolerable. Please. But if the Lakers lose this series, let's not take away from Miami and be like, oh, ago. they choked. Miami just had a better team. Ryan, I want if the Lakers lose this series, I want you to take the song Black and Yellow and change the words around to Black and Purple and 3 and 7. <laughs> Such garbage. Yeah, but 3 and 7 means he's been there 10 times. I don't give a crap. Magic Johnson spent 75% of his Bro. career in the finals. 9 times in 12 Hold years. On. That's impressive. 10 Bro. out of 35 years. Yeah, Hang on. And at least, 10 and at least years out of 35 years is not that impressive. Bro. LeBron has been here nine out of 10 years. The one year that he did not make literally an entire decade. You start a new decade in 2011, the entire teens or 11 through 20, the entire decade. LeBron has only missed the finals, not the playoffs, the finals. He's missed the finals one time. And that was the season he was hurt and they didn't make the playoffs because he missed a million games. So, so you know who LeBron is? LeBron is my mom dropping me off at the movie theaters when I wasn't old enough to drive. He got to the movie theaters. He just didn't get to see the movie. <laughs> he was there, though. Every weekend. The East. The East was weak as all hell. Yeah. And nobody cared. Uh-huh. And now he does it in the West, and there's going to be even more excuses on why it doesn't matter and how he got lucky. Well, that's because the best team he, he got lucky. Where's, where's, Gold, lucky. Where, where's Golden State? Golden State how he got there. Lucky. Why? Oh, because everyone got hurt. Let's see what happens <laughs> next year if everyone stays healthy. All right, AJ, I mean, who you got in this, in this series and how many games? I mean, listening to all of you talk, it sounds like given the chess match that Eric Spolstra can play, and I, the more that I learn about Eric Spolster, the more I kind of walk back my statement that he rode to a championship victory on Bosch, Wayne, and 
LeBron that he okay. he actually like no I, I, I tend to agree with Paul that you know he's actually a pretty good coach. Um, I think that that can be an equalizer in this for the Heat. Um, but I I just think that with everything that's gone on in 2020 and that you know ulterior motivation to maybe win one for Kobe. Um, I I gotta go with the Lakers. I think I think he'd be hard pressed to to go against the Lakers, and I would say the Heat will make it interesting, but I don't think it gets past six games. I mean, Denver made it interesting. Most of the games were close. Lakers had to win one at the buzzer. They still lost in five. Yeah, I think we're gonna see some of that. <laughs> Paul, I'm gonna. See, I think it's just going to depend on who hits the last shot on, like, so many of these games. I'm going to say – I'm going to play it really safe, and I'm going to say Lakers in six. All right. I – first of all, I'm going to give a shout-out to my favorite coach of all time, Pat Riley, who has now for six consecutive decades made the NBA Finals in the – so I'm going to say L.A. in six. So- <laughs> also, the- also, the Shaq streak continues. Pat, Pat, Pat Riley is literally – literally – everything that people pretend phil jackson was i mean he really is just I like mean, I, I mean incredible i don't i don't think so but phil jackson also didn't really care when he went to new york true story he just took their money and was smoking peyote i, I do have so like i didn't get my prediction when you asked the question because i wanted to give the listeners a break from my voice i do have lakers in five though it'd be it'd be like a it'd be like a closer five no i think though i think they'll go five 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 Go, go heat though. So we are under the picks and we are actually very organized and prepared this week. Um, and the guys actually had the picks in advance for once. Uh, I'm going to run down, run down the record last week. So we did no, all, we NFL don't need to do that. Week. We don't need to run down the record. Oh, we, last week. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. It's, 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 it's definitely not as bad as I think considering we all started at 10 and 0 after week one. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> guys, it's not. It was pretty bad for me. Let's be honest. It was pretty bad for most of us. It's guys, it's genuinely it's not that bad. It's pretty it's bad. Like I went what three and seven. Like it wasn't. Yeah, that's not. It can be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah like Brian it, and I went four and six, and Paul went. It can no, bro. We had weeks like last year. Where some people went like one and nine. It's like how's that possible? People. I digress. No, yeah, I mean that's Not that's me. a bad week. Like you go one and nine, that is atrocious. Like that's awful. But it wasn't that bad. In speed, so is it's not that bad. I I did lead the picks with a barely respectable six and f- oh six. You didn't do the notes this time. Oh, these picks don't even count. What? You didn't do the notes on your pick. I I did them. I just did them after I sent them to you guys. There's not that many. I'm going to read. I read them anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. This is disappointing. Uh, But I led last week at six and four. Second place, which I didn't read his picks last week on the air because, like I said, we weren't prepared. Uh, Our good friend Don Drysdale, who always sends in his picks weekly for us, went five and five. And then tied for third, uh, we got Matt and Ryan at four and six. And then AJ bringing up the rear is a not as bad as it seems three and seven. And not only did he go three and seven, he started zero and seven. Finishing three and seven is exceptionally, exceptionally admirable. All of us actually finished very strong. 
Um, we all started very poorly and finished strong. I got the last five. Matt got his last three. Ryan and Don each got the last two. Ryan got three of the last four. Like We finished very strong. And that's something to build on going ahead to this week. A week that, as is tradition, is a mix, split, five college games, five pro games. And I will be reading Don's picks this week. We start with a really, hopefully, good SEC matchup, although maybe not according to the spread. We have 13th-ranked A&M. Heading to Tuscaloosa, although it's not going to be the traditional venue, obviously. It's not going to be completely full of fans, though I believe Alabama does allow some fans. I thought fans don't matter. They don't matter nearly as much as people say. It just, it does affect the venue and how we watch it. Why why are you going to be like this? It affects the atmosphere. (laughs) Uh, Second ranked Alabama, um, 16 and a half point home favorites over Jimbo Fishers. If you ever tell me Alabama is only a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, I'm going to smash, smash, smash all over the tide. They're going to win this game by 30. Yeah, they like beating up on Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ryan on this one. I'm I'm there, too. I mean, it's, it's Alabama. I mean, they only won by 19 last week against an absolute trash can team. Um, but they do have a tendency to play up. Um, against their better opponents, I just sixteen and a half is a lot of points. I don't think A and M is that bad, and Alabama is still finding themselves. It's still a young season. They got a new quarterback, a quarterback who I like very much in Mac, Mighty Mac. But sixteen and a half points is a lot. I'm gonna back A and M on this one. Uh, we go over to a team, and this one Ryan should have a lot of personal interest in. So he definitely <laughs> needs to answer first on this one. We have. Speaking of Mac attack, we have North Carolina, 12th ranked North Carolina, as 13 and a half point road favorites over Boston College. Ryan, will you tell us how much North Carolina is going to not cover the spread by? Oh, man. See, I wish I could, but North Carolina was dealing with COVID because they're a bunch of, you know, no good swindlers. <laughs> so they had that extra time to prepare even though they were probably all sick because just like they don't know how to play football, they don't know how to wear masks. I am going to take the Tar Heels in this one, though, because I don't know anything about the Boston College football team. You mean this tobacco leaf doesn't double as a mask? Uh, Yeah, I'm still not a believer yet. I like Mac Brown, but uh, I think the Eagles are going to put some fight into it, so I'll go with BC. You said you said Your 13 mouth to God's ears. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, give me a... Key number. Give me... Key number. Give me Boston College. Oh, by the way, Don agreed with you guys on Alabama last pick. I was the lone dissenter in picking A&M. Uh, actually, Ryan's going to be the lone dissenter on this one. I think BC's defense can keep this closer than most people expect it to be. Uh, North Carolina, much better football team than Ryan likes to give them credit for. Ironic giving his, given his pick. But I think Boston College defense can keep this one within two touchdowns. Uh, Don agrees as well. So Ryan, lone dissenter on that one. A really interesting game that no one will watch this week. Uh, we have 25th ranked Memphis. Memphis, it just 1-0 on this young season, is actually already ranked as a group of five team. Maybe can play some spoiler around New Year's Six time. Uh, they're three-point road favorites against 3-0 SMU, the Mustangs, who have looked pretty solid and have a really good quarterback in Shane Bouchelle. Uh, the the Mustangs come in, they're riding high, they're a little bit too cocky. They're going to keep it close, but they're going to lose by seven, 
which means Memphis does get the cover. Uh, I will roll with the original death sentence. Give me the uh, give me the Mustangs. I'm with Matt. Give me SMU. Uh, me and Don in lockstep on this one, although I think I found this to be the hardest game of the week to pick. Uh, I, I really love Shane Bouchelle. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I He struggled to start the season against a very underrated Texas State team, and he's been lights out since then. He could be the difference in this game, but I think Memphis has more overall talent, and uh, obviously this is not a normal season, and the road, maybe it doesn't matter quite as much. Only three points to cover. I think Memphis wants to make a statement this game, and they can do so over a pretty darn decent SMU team, and I'm going to pick them to cover. What's the over-under on this? Like 58 and a half? Oh, it's got to be at least in the 60s. I will. It will not take me long at all. I will actually look it up as I read this next one because I'm interested in myself. And, and shame I, I, on you for not, not picking Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. They, they're ranked for like the first time ever. We could have picked the game with them being ranked, but no. So I thought about it, um, and we will kind of get to – no. Was it – no, that's that's in, in our, our that's in our no, game two, eleven two, mystery. Two picks, two picks from now, two picks from now. I got a mention of our raging Cajuns. Uh, but before then, we have what most people consider the matchup of the week. We got seventh ranked Auburn, which I mean, if you believe they're seventh ranked team in the country, like they're that good. More power to you, I guess. You're delusional. Uh, they travel to take on pretty much QB-less Georgia, who is somehow ranked fourth in the country. Holy shit, the Big Ten needs to start playing football. Uh, Georgia, seven and a half point home favorites. Yeah, it's a damn shame. Ohio State, the only Big Ten oh, team this, mentioning. Oh, okay. To ruin yeah. it. Make them eight and five. That, I mean, that <laughs> that half is actually seven, pretty just seven. big between seven and seven. Oh, well, okay, it is seven. Never mind. I don't know, man. I'm still going to take Auburn here. I feel like Georgia constantly in these types of games disappoints us as far as the cover goes. They might win, but it's like by three, four. They win by one on a last-second field goal or something like that. Don't have a QB. Lost DeAndre Swift. There's probably a ton of defensive guys that they lost to just because they're Georgia and that's how they produce their talent. I'm going to take Auburn in this one. Uh, I'll roll with the dogs over the Tigers. I'm I'm going with exactly what Ryan said with um, the Tigers over Georgia. It's gonna, too many questions. It's gonna make marks. the Matt Matt the lone dissenter on this one. I think the big difference is gonna be quarterback. Uh, Bo Nix, while he's not necessarily as good as the hype is, he has definitely proven experienced and pretty darn solid. Whereas Georgia doesn't know what they have going on at quarterback. JT Daniels still not recovered from his injury. Uh, there would have been starter because of that ended up trade sitting out the season or transferring. I don't even remember which. I think he just straight up sat out the season. Uh. What do they got going on there? Is Dwayne Mathis going to play? Is uh, what's his name who sucked last week so bad that I can't even remember his name right now going to play a quarterback? Neither of them really moved the needle for me. And your seven-point favorites at home, I, I don't think you're that good. I don't think your coach is any good. Seven points is too much for me. I'm going to roll with Auburn, and so is Don. Uh, we talked about the Raging Cajuns. This game does not involve the Raging Cajuns, but it is interesting because Iowa State came into the season ranked, I want to say, 23rd-ish, and didn't just lose to the Raging Cajuns. Louisiana Lafayette, school that half people don't even know exists, casual fans, they didn't just beat Iowa State. They pummeled Iowa State. Like, they beat them by a couple touchdowns. Now, they got a lot of help on special teams, and it's not something that's going to happen every week, but 
Iowa State did not look good at all. And we got Oklahoma, who also didn't look good, as they lost to Kansas State. Uh, just a two disappointing, disappointing Big 12 teams. Shocker there. But Oklahoma, seven-point road favorites. I got, I got some inside info on this game, and Lincoln Riley actually told his team during the week, if you guys do not score 80, I'm pulling all your scholarships and we're sitting out this season. <laughs> Oklahoma's going to come out like a bat out of hell. I'm going to pray for Iowa State and the Cyclones that they can keep it within 27, much less 7. Give me the Sooners. Iowa State has been known to cause problems for Oklahoma over the past so many years, but I think Lincoln Riley is going to have his squad ready, ready, especially coming off of the upset by Kansas State. Uh, so I will go with the Sooners. I'm on the Sooners too, for the exact reasons. They lost last week, right? Yes, yeah. to yeah. Kansas State, and they did not look good. Yeah, and they didn't look good because Spencer Rattler is because Lincoln Riley's got one foot in the pros. I don't think that's true. That's I mean. just think that even the great Lincoln Riley cannot turn every quarterback he touches into gold, and Spencer Rattler played like the entitled spoiled brat that he acts like, which not to say that is not well. But despite all that, I always say just got their ass kicked by Louisiana Lafayette, and Oklahoma has vastly more talent, and they are going to come out with something to prove this week. And whether they have to run the ball a thousand times or Spencer Rattler actually figures out how to throw a football to his own team, uh, it, it, it's Oklahoma's going to run this game. And we, across the board, including Don, are unanimous in this. And this is our first game this week that we are unanimous in. Last week, all five of us agreed on a whopping four games, which is pretty crazy, actually. We split those. We went two and two. So not pathetic. Like, it's kind of okay. Like, not, not embarrassing. Um, so we'll take that. So 50-50 shot on this one. And with that, that wraps up college. Although I'd be remiss if I, I did forget to mention, um, and I cannot find the over-under for this game because it's actually been pulled, temporarily pulled from the lines uh, because Memphis has some of their own health issues. And yeah, we are because Memphis is in Tennessee and the Titans just got COVID. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they have some of their own COVID issues. So they're not... We don't know entirely who all is going to be available for them. Um, it looks like most of them are going to be a full goal. A lot of players that didn't play in the season opener should be available, but we don't know 100%. So that one's still up in the air, but we're going to skip on over to the pros. And we're going to start with Detroit because it's the first game on the docket. We've got a 1 p.m. on Sunday. Detroit hosting New Orleans. Four-point underdogs at home despite their upset last week. I already picked the Lions to win this game last week, and I'm not rolling back on that. The Lions are going to go 2-2 two to two into the bye and slowly make believers out of everybody. Detroit for the outright God, win. God, I hope you're wrong. Uh, yeah, no chance in hell I am wrong with the Lions against Drew Brees and the Saints. Give me who that. I am seriously considering starting Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas if he's back this week in my fantasy lineup going against Patricia's defense. So give me the Saints. Uh, me and Don are going to swing this one the other way. Uh, call it whatever you want. Uh, we're going to pick the Lions. Why? Because the Saints haven't looked that good. Honestly. Like... The Saints are not what people expected them to be. They've been disappointing. I had them with the outright loss as favorites last week, 
and they clearly were outclassed by Green Bay. I think Detroit actually looked better for most of the game against Green Bay than New Orleans did, despite the final score in both games. Um, I, it's not that I think Detroit's this great team. I don't. I want them to lose this game. I want them to lose it by a million, and I wanted to expedite all the things we've talked about on this podcast. But I don't trust New Orleans as four-point road favorites against anybody, especially against a team with a great quarterback that can put up points, and apparently with a coach that maybe possibly maybe can make some adjustments or maybe he did it just to screw me last week. Uh, <laughs> we learned. will figure out if that is uh, the case, but uh, me and Don are going back to try it on this one too. Uh, moving on. This one is super interesting. It was already super interesting and now it's even more interesting. So we have two undefeated teams, three and O Pittsburgh versus three and O Tennessee. So we got a matchup of undefeateds. Uh, we also have a little Corona thrown into the mix this game is going to go on as planned, but Tennessee might not really be able to practice this week, if at all, before the game. Is that official that it's going to go on as planned? Because the last I read was they might. It is pretty close to official. It it might get moved a day. That's... It's possible it gets moved a day, but even that, they're probably going to end up playing Sunday. But even if they don't, so what if they play Monday? That's not going to change a whole lot that Tennessee gets one practice in. Um the bottom line is they're not going to get a lot of prep for this game. What is interesting is this line is on the board right now in a bunch of sport books still, and it hasn't moved as much as you would not, think. Not Bovada. Pittsburgh went from when I made these and sent them to you guys, Pittsburgh is one point favorite. The news broke since then. Pittsburgh at this moment is only a two point favorite. And I find that interesting, peculiar. Yeah, I mean, one or two, I was probably going to take Pittsburgh anyway. With Tennessee not being able to practice at all, you got to figure they roll out Sunday. Their whole game plan is give the ball to Derrick Henry a hundred times, which would work against almost any other team except Pittsburgh's front seven is absolutely ferocious. Give, give me the Steelers in this one. We don't do locks of the week, but this would be mine. Yeah, I, I don't see how... I don't see how Tennessee, without being being able to really prepare on the field for practice, is going to be ready for this game to stay within a point of the Steelers. So I'll go with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm on the Pittsburgh train as well, uh, especially if Tennessee's down a few practices. So I am not 100% if Don made this pick before or after the news broke, and I am going to ask him if he would like to change it, and I will allow, but as of right now, Don is the lone dissenter picking Tennessee. I was picking Pittsburgh before all this happened, period. Um, Tennessee is, uh, as much as I like Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill, they're 3-0, and but they've won their first three games by, I believe, a combined six points. I will have to double check that. But I believe they have a six-point differential. Three, four, five. Yeah, six-point differential. Pittsburgh hasn't beaten anyone good, and they haven't looked spectacular. But they're 3-0, and and they have a lot of talent. Big Ben is playing pretty darn solid. It's going to be a really solid game. I, I was going to pick Pittsburgh anyways. The practice thing, while I think maybe not going to make – I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I did get confirmation, by the way. Don is keeping his Tennessee pick. Don is rolling with Tennessee. He believes. He says practice. We talk about practice. Uh, Tennessee in a landslide. A uh, little bit paraphrasing. Moving on. 
I just talked about Pittsburgh beating bad teams. One of those teams is Houston. And Houston, once again, with their trash-ass quarterback, finds himself in an 0-3 hole to start the season. I will excuse them a bit by saying Houston has had a very difficult schedule to start the season. They have faced a nightmare. They have played three teams that are better than them. They have played three quarterbacks that are better than Deshaun Watson. But they're still 0-3, and they still look like garbage. So they're hosting Minnesota, who has been disappointing in their own right. Blew a perfect opportunity to get a quality win last week against the aforementioned Tennessee. And Houston is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite over Minnesota. Yeah, that's that's about right. Maybe it should be a little more. Minnesota looks absolutely horrendous. Um, ah, I don't know, because Houston looks bad too. But like you said, they probably had the toughest schedule to start in the NFL. When is this close? I'm going to go with the better quarterback. That is Deshaun Watson. Give me the Texans. Yeah, it sucks. Like, you give us a game of two 0-3 teams? Like, really? It's super interesting. This game is fascinating. This is – and it's good. it should actually be a good game. Hey, dude, this is the Panay Sewell Bowl. You no, know? So this is – so here's the thing. Whoever get, whoever wins this gets the it's, number seven oh, pick. Saying the that six. they're both 0-3 is very misleading. This is not Denver versus the Jets 0-3s. This is a, I'm surprised this is a very <laughs> different set of 0-3s. This is a very interesting game with one of the closest spreads of the week. So y'all don't give me that shit. Um, I'm going to go with the running game on this one. Uh, take a shot in the dark. I'll go with the Vikings. I'm going to default to Ryan's position. I think that when you have two teams like this and the spread's this close, I think that quarterback can be a, a differentiator. And so I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins any day of the week. I agree with the second to last thing you said there. Quarterback can be a difference. Uh, so can running game, coaching, a lot of things. Uh, me and Don are going to agree that the better quarterback is actually Kirk Cousins in this matchup. Deshaun Watson. As I said lots of times on this podcast tonight, trash can. Not a good NFL quarterback. Got picked where he got picked for a reason. Um, so did Kirk Cousins. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I didn't say no one. I'm specifically saying in his case. I'm not saying no quarterback pick there can be good. I'm just saying in his case, he's picked where he's picked for a reason. Um, but thank you for derailing it. Like top 10. What do you mean? Was he? I thought he went like 15th or something. No. Kirk Cousins was a second round pick close. behind when they took Robert Griffin. Yeah. No, not him. Oh, Deshaun. Watson. No, Deshaun Watson. Who was picked 10th? How many picks ahead how of many, Kirk How Cousins many quarterbacks went before Deshaun that you didn't think should have? Two? I, um, I thought he was better than Mitch. I didn't know anything about Mahomes. And then who else went before him? I don't know. I was asking you. But anyway, it, does, it doesn't matter. <laughs> literally, literally pointless. He's not a good quarterback. I The Deshaun hype is like the most beyond, is beyond absurd thing in the world. Like the Lamar hype. But besides, the, the, besides the Kirk Cousins The Lamar hype, hype makes, so Deshaun's makes hype can be way second. more sense. Like Lamar is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. You know how much that pains me to say Lamar's a better and, quarterback and Kirk than Cousins. anybody. But Minnesota has a more complete team. They have better running game. Uh, they both have garbage offensive lines. I'm, I'm rolling with Minnesota in this one, especially three and a half point dogs. Like, okay, Houston can win by three and I can still get the cover. Like, yeah, no, no brainer on this one. This is the, the, the worst coach game of the weekend. What should be the, maybe one of the best games of the weekend. Definitely a fascinating matchup. We get to see Bill Belichick match up with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid again. Uh, we got New England 
led by Cam Newton. Seven-point dogs in Arrowhead. Man, so seven is a lot. But with that Kansas City defense, I think they're better than they get credit for. We just saw what they did against Lamar. I think they can get Cam Newton um, some similar type of fits. And as much as Belichick is good at, you know, scheming, you also have to have the players on the field that can do it. And I don't think those players are only a touchdown worse than what Kansas City is throwing at you. <clears throat> Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, and Kansas City's going for blood in this one. They don't forget the AFC Championship game that everyone loves beating up on the Patriots, no matter who's quarterbacking them. Uh, I think KC's going to be ready. I think Mahomes going to be ready. And I think that defense of New England's in for, some, uh, for a long, long night. So I'll go with the Chiefs. So this game has my interest peaked just because it is the Patriots and it is my fantasy quarterback that I now don't know if I want to start over Matthew Stafford this week. Tough call on that one. It is a tough just call on that one. Cam's but projected I... at a higher point value, but Stafford against New Orleans. Cam rushing touchdowns though, baby. I Yeah. Yeah. Cam's, Cam's got that yeah, rushing floor. Cam got I think you got to go nine Cam. points last week and it ruined my week, but. Anyway, all right, it was a low low floor. Beside the point, um, I don't know. I it, seven points. They're at KC, right? No, yeah, they're at KC. Yeah, they're in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah. give me yeah, give KC. me Kansas City. This could be so. There's actually fans at Arrowhead. Give me, not that's not a stadium full, but right. they have so fans there. Give me a, give me Kansas City to cover. Arrowhead is lit, and I believe the last time New England went to Arrowhead, they lost by like forty, and Brady got benched. And that's not like oh yeah, that that, that was the Wait, Brady uh, and Belichick. No, the AFC game. Championship game was in Arrowhead. Okay, well, I stand corrected. That's why I said I believe the last time they went to Arrowhead in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, they lost by like forty, seventeen, something like that. And was the was the Brady and Belichick? Brady got benched, like and I do believe New England went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Um, yes. We're, so was the we're on to Cincinnati game. Yeah, it was. That was the literally everybody was <laughs> yeah, like yes. Tom Brady's done. You should retire. And then what do they do? They go in and win, win the Super Bowl. But uh, they weren't wrong. I I could see Kansas winning this game by a hundred. I could also see them losing the game. Kansas. Kansas. What? They, what are you Trump? They don't play in Kansas. They play in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the Chiefs winning this game by honor. Um, you know, I think Ole Miss has a real shot to take the Big guys. Oh, my God. Um, but they're coming off a big win last week, and I, seven points against Bill Belichick. Like, I just don't want to take it. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to be the lone dissenter on this one. I'm going to pick New England coming off a bad game to have a come up in Kansas City coming off a really good game to have a little bit of a letdown. Does that mean they're going to lose? No, but seven points is a lot. Like 16. Seven points is a lot. Yeah, but they had a rough start. Okay. They had a rough start. Oh. <laughs> so they're going to come out and have a better start this game. They did have a really rough start. Like the first like half or first I, like 20 hey man, minutes. I, I feel you. I, I feel dirty picking against Belichick, no, I, but I feel dirtier picking against Belichick. I'm not picking against him because he can still win. He just doesn't have to cover the spread. Uh, you picked against um, him. Eh, whatever. Semantics. Uh, but I'm going to back New England on this one. And we have an undefeated team that I know. I know Ryan just loathes. The mighty Buffalo them. Bills led by 
second in command. You cannot contain him. (laughs) You cannot contain Josh Allen. Yeah. How much how much flack did I get last week for that? Did you see what he went out and did? Hey, I, I told you. They absolutely out. did not contain I, 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 Josh I, I, Allen. I don't like it. I don't like they it. They did not out. contain Josh Allen at all. 100%. He did whatever he wanted. He threw slash ran for five touchdowns. That's that's true. You know how five good you have to be to the officials to give really you the win? Really good. That's only some Aaron Rodgers yeah, shit. Yeah, really good. So we have White Lightning back again. Undefeated Buffalo, Soup, souped up Brian Lewis. traveling to Las Vegas, <laughs> and they are three point favorites. The Raiders got a smack dose of reality last week against New England. Are they going to do better as three point home dogs? So the the Bills train is going to stop eventually. It's not going to be this weekend. I do think Josh Allen balls out again against what's not a very good Raiders team. They're interesting. They're kind of fun. They got a coach. They got Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, you know, kind of whatever you think of him. Good um, He can be pretty good, but this isn't the week that the what, – what does Boomer say? Nobody circles the wagons. This is not the week that the wagons stop circling for the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to handle the Oakland Raiders, and then you're going to hear that, that garbage can, that trash can that – Paul likes to say, Josh Allen MVP talk. He all the way up this weekend. We're talking mid July levels. Ryan, you you were, you were so close to being right. If they were playing still in Oakland, I would agree with you. But Buffalo gets to go to Vegas, and it's Vegas. Things happen in Vegas, and oh people my lose gosh. their damn minds. In Stop! Vegas. And I oh, saw how like bad Josh, Josh Allen runs. A Josh, Josh Allen had about... their own partying going on in New Orleans all the time. <laughs> they still had trouble when they went to the Strip, and you got that beautiful new stadium with that giant window showing you the Strip, which is just freaking awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> things happen in Vegas, and you have a hard time remembering what the hell happened. And Buffalo is going to come back on that flight and go, "What the hell just happened? Oh, we lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. That's what happened." Matt, Matt, Matt saying Josh Allen going to wake up Sunday morning naked and hungover in a titty bar. That's what Matt's saying. And he's going to lose John Brown. He's, he's going to have a tooth missing and a facial tattoo and a tiger in his bed. All right, what do you got, AJ? Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders <laughs> on this one. Good man. Uh, so me and Don, me and Don also agree on this one. So un- Ryan is wrong. What a okey doke. So Ryan is wrong. <laughs> I'm the only one that picked Josh Allen. Ryan, oh, yeah, yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan is the lone center here. Uh, the Raiders are a good football team, actually. Like they're not and amazing, Carolina this- but they're a good football team led by a good quarterback. Uh, Buffalo also a good football team led by a good quarterback. I think they're a good football team. I'm pretty sure. Also led by a good quarterback. But it is a road game. Las Vegas needs a bounce back after they got throttled by New England last week. And Derek Carr, as I said six times, good quarterback. Um, I think they make this real close and maybe even pull out a win. Buffalo can't stay undefeated forever. Um, Josh Allen is awesome. He is going to play well again. Uh, No MVP talk, and it's not even his fault. 
Uh, Russ Wilson is just too good, and Pat Mahomes is still putting up video game numbers too. Um, he's just like so distant in that race. Uh, the only way he'll do it is if Buffalo just keeps winning because obviously people don't expect Buffalo to have uh, an incredible record. Um, but Russ Wilson, too good. I mean, this is the Russ Wilson that is leading what our good friend Dylan said would be a three-win Seahawks team. Uh, right? Something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I so, got a bet with him, though, the over-under a nine. I think you're going to win that bet, Matt. I think that yeah. one's in the bag, actually. Um, but, well, as long as their defense can stop losing players, actually. I don't know. Yeah, Russ Wilson right. might have to score 15 touchdowns a well, week. Hey, Earl, Earl Thomas is still available. But no, uh, he said, Ryan Lowe nah, is not going to Houston. <laughs> he said, I'm not it's, going uh, to Houston. The rest of us, after a the rest visit. of us, that's the rest crazy. of us are closing the picks on the underdog on this one, and uh, that's how we're going to close the picks this week. And hopefully, most of us have better luck next week. Actually, I hope not because I want to stay in pole position. So yeah, I sure hope you, you guys go. I hope <laughs> you guys go three and seven every week like and this. let me just build up that breathing room. Uh, and we'll see what I happens. Hell, yeah. favorites. Oh my god. Well, I picked two underdogs. Wait, who picked two yep. underdogs? Me. You. I had Auburn and Lions. Man. Those are my only underdog picks. Well, that's what 10 and 0 looks I like. Have seven, I have seven <laughs> underdogs. I'm underdog city. I'm seven underdogs this week. Oh, man. Oh, boy. We saw how well three of them worked out for you last week in your betting. <laughs> no, no, I I picked two underdogs last week. They both the other the other game had nothing to do with underdogs. The other game I just wanted a lot of points. It was over under. It's very different. I nailed my underdogs last week. You can shut the fuck up now. <laughs> well, we all gonna shut the fuck up now. So Ryan, <clears throat> do the thing. Hey, except for me, don't I feel special? <laughs> so make sure that you guys are following us on Podbean and iTunes. It's our two main podcast platforms. Find us at Sports Carnage. You can just type Sports Carnage Podcast into Google and we'll pop up. We're putting our podcast on Detroit Sports Nation now as well, where you can see the stories there along with the incredibly hilarious graphics that I create. So please share those. Oh, yeah, that tank one was fantastic. You can find us on... Thank you, sir. You can find us on YouTube, um, Twitter as well, Sports Carnage Podcast, where we're going to start doing some more Lions breakdowns, especially if they win this week. There's going to be a big picture of Kool-Aid, blue Kool-Aid right next to me. So you absolutely do not want to miss that. <laughs> ah, thank you guys for spending a couple hours with us today. For Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Basson. We are Sports Carnage. We'll be back with you all next week. <laughs>